We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And the rookie-to-rookie rookie action outside the blue door. He'll get the flyby. Three on the way, and he rattles it in. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough step back, gets up the shot. Banks it in for This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up, and welcome to the Uncontested podcast. Coming to you live Wednesday, May 25th. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. Before I intro my co-host and some awesome guests that we have, as, as a public school teacher, as just a, a functioning citizen of the United States of America, I would feel um, not right if I did not mention uh, the the disgusting act of violence that happened in Texas uh, just yesterday as we're recording this podcast our thoughts and our prayers go out to the families in South Texas. Um, I'm not a parent. I am a school teacher. Uh, but regardless if you're one of those things or not, um, this is something that we have to curb as a society. Our thoughts and prayers are needed for the, that community, uh, but thoughts and prayers are reactive. And it's about time in this country we do something proactive to prevent these things in the future. I know we want to talk basketball and the draft, and we're super excited to do that. But I feel like even though the distraction is needed, we have to stay cognizant of these things. We can't let it become normalized, even though it feels like that. Uh, we have to demand some sort of change. And I, w- I wanted to make sure at the start of this show, uh, we mentioned that for sure. Uh, with that somber note out of the way, I've got my guy, Taylor Peterson, with me. That was very well said. Very well said and appreciated. I've got J.D. Silva along for the ride. What's up, man? Happy to be here. Well said. We also have two special guests on the show today. Super excited. They are the co-hosts of the Sixth Man Show and Orlando Magic Podcast and our brothers in arm from the Blue Wire <laughs> Podcast Network. We've got Jonathan Osborne and Luke Silvia with us. Jonathan, Luke, how's it going, guys? Doing well, man. How are you? Thanks for having us on. Yeah, of course. We're so, excited. Lots of yeah. exciting stuff to talk about uh, in regards to basketball, for sure, between yeah. the, the Magic and the Thunder. So let's let's just get down to business. 
before we talk whom the magic might take at one, what some trades might look like, you guys ran down uh, in your neck of the woods. You ran a Orlando Magic draft lottery watch party. Now, the three of us on this show, we attended an Oklahoma City draft lottery party. And that place got freaking unhinged whenever we made it to the commercial break mm. and the Thunder had not been announced yet. That commercial, I'm convinced, is the longest commercial in the history of television. <laughs> the anxiety was sky high. We were excited at number two, but there was this moment of like elation, but also like disappointment. Like, oh, we were so close, but two was so awesome. You guys didn't have that moment. You just had the pure elation. Tell us how the draft party went and just what that moment was like watching that countdown, hearing Oklahoma City at two, which then you guys know means Orlando's picking at one. Yeah, it was definitely like the longest commercial break ever. And then Mark Tatum is just like flying through these yes. cards. I didn't even realize he <laughs> called Houston at three. Everyone's freaking out. Look at, I'm like, oh my God, all right. We're, I guess we're in the top two. <laughs> and then when you're not there at, at two, you, like you just know, you don't even have to wait for the official announcement. And the whole place just went crazy. Most of us like blacked out. You're like hugging strangers. And uh, Luke, uh, what, what did you think, man? It was crazy. Dude, I, you obviously, you know, you, you start kind of recapping the night just like you just did for us. And I, I couldn't stop smiling from like the beginning to end, man. Like it was incredible. I obviously, I, as, as the listeners of our show will know, uh, obviously yours won't and you guys, you know, don't necessarily, but uh, I live in Nebraska right now. So um, we got word. Uh, I wasn't able to be there last year as a result. Um, and then I got word this year, we all did um, leading up to it that, Hey, uh, the magic are, are, are looking at teaming up. Um, they want to sponsor the event and bring alongside, you know, Michelob Ultra as well. And I was like, okay, that's I, cool. That's I really to, cool. I need to do it. Like I need to book the ticket. I think that day, that night I had stuff in the works and I had everything planned that I was going to go about a week out, um, go in and, and man, I, it, it definitely like, I'm glad I picked the right lottery party, Jonathan, <laughs> to go to between, between last year and this year. Um, we had so many people come out, man. I, I would estimate 200 plus and um and just incredible from start to finish um the, the place that we were at was a dream to work with they allowed us to have access to pa and all that kind of stuff and we did trivia and we gave out a franz signed franz jersey and that we got awesome. um, for everybody the magic did some stuff as well so um insane from from start to finish and then yeah man you you go down that countdown and everybody is just like 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 jonathan said Tatum was flying through those things and, and you could see in our, our reaction video, all that kind of stuff. Jonathan just clearly misses that third pick. And then once you, the place goes nuts, it gets louder and louder as every pick is announced. And that final one, I, I think we blew the, the roof off that place. It was absolutely incredible, man. Definitely something we're going to remember for a very long time. We hope the first pick goes well so that we can remember it fondly. Um, but man, it was it was incredible. And, and like you guys, we very much went into the lottery. Like we just wanted to be in the top three. Like if, yep. you're, if, if you end up in the top three of that lottery, you're a winner. So as cool as it was to be number one, like we're now the fan base is going through this where we don't know who we want to take at number one. We're almost 80 percent of the fan base. We put up a poll. 80 percent of the fan base would be good with anyone in the top three. So it's like. Yeah, you won the lottery, but like everybody, like if you're in the top three, you're going to get a great player. So it's exciting mm -hmm. for everybody. 
Yep. I love that one thing that both of you mentioned pretty early on, you guys were giving your recap is something that us three uh, all were talking about as well. So uh, we stayed for the, obviously the picks and stuff. And then uh, us three went ahead and bounced from the the watch party to go grab some food really quick and then record a podcast. Uh, And one of the things that we talked about as well was like, man, I don't even remember who got like pick three and like pick four. Like who was that? Because as you guys mentioned, they, they were just going so fast through those and you're just so excited. Like, I haven't seen the Thunder is all you're thinking, or I haven't seen the Magic rather than like, oh, there's Houston at pick three and there's Sacramento at four. So uh, I thought that was yeah. fun. We had very similar reactions. I had zero care of who was on the card, just as long yeah. as it wasn't yeah. that Thunder logo. I'm sure you guys had that yeah. same experience. Yeah. And so, yeah, we were we were prepping for our podcast and I was like, who the hell has picked yeah. three? I don't yep. even know. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, with pick number one, Orlando has their pick of the entire crop. It seems like this has really come down to a three man race. So Jonathan, Luke, we'll start wherever you guys want to, but I want to go through all three of those guys. And I want you guys to discuss how they would fit in Orlando. So obviously we're talking Jabari Smith, Jr. We're talking Chet Holmgren, Paulo Bancaro, which guy do you all want to start with? Um, I think we can start with Jabari. Um, he he right now is the leader in the clubhouse, you know, with with Magic fans in terms of if the draft was today, who would you want the pick to be? Um, he's just from day one going to be the best fit with the Magic. He addresses a need that we have desperately needed to address for years and years, which is the shooting. Just add, you know, the the six ten height, versatile defender. Kind of fits the Jeff Weltman and John Hammond mold of uh, what they look for in terms of physical attributes. Now they're you know, comes into questions, what does his ceiling look like? You know, there's concerns with the handle and can he play make for himself or play make for others? But day one, shooter, something the Magic desperately need. We're confident with some of the playmakers that we have in Markel Fultz and, you know, Franz Wagner. Even Wendell Carter can do that a little bit in like the pick and roll kind of high-low situations. So if we draft Jabari, it's like we don't need you to be a playmaker from day one. But I think right now – that's like the number one guy that, you know, most Magic fans are talking about in terms of potential, but also, you know, fit. I think, yeah, as far as he goes, man, like like Jonathan said, just addresses the need that this franchise has needed for so long. We we desperately have wanted just a guy that can just knock down the three ball, right? Like I I I, I don't want to have to put that trust in RJ Hampton to become this great catch and shoot three point <laughs> shooter. I want somebody that that is like Jabari, has that NBA ready body, needs to put on a little bit of weight, maybe, but not much. Um, and, and can just hit the three ball. Obviously, you can put him in, uh, you know, on defense. He can he can guard on defense as well. You have no concerns like you might have with uh, Apollo Bancaro, um, you know, in terms of the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Jabari feels safest to me. And so I think that's kind of my take on him. I don't know that he's my number one. My my, my Between my one and two right now, it's Jabari or Chet. And I, I'm just not sure my my opinion changes pretty much by the hour at this point. I'm, I've been curious about uh, what Magic fans think in regards to this number one pick. Do, in regards to specifically Jonathan Isaac, like, do you guys, how much do you consider Jonathan Isaac whenever you're making a pick like Jabari? Like, do you do you expect them to play together? Do you expect Jonathan Isaac to play at all in the future? Like, how, what's that look well, like for we're, you? We're, we're definitely hopeful. You know, um, he's been doing his, his fair share of media lately, and each time that he's asked about his status for next season, he seems fairly confident that he should be ready to play next season. Um, most of us, especially those that really clo- you know, closely cover the team, are like Jonathan Isaac at this point is a bonus. 
you can't really operate expecting that he's going to be the same guy that he was or expecting that he's going to be healthy. I mean, he's been out almost, you know, two plus years now. By the time next season rolls around with an ACL, it's kind of unheard of, you know, unprecedented. So as much as we still believe in the potential that Jonathan Isaac can be this kind of all world defender, to me, it would be irresponsible for the magic to depend on that if that makes sense. So when you're looking at this draft and you're getting to make this decision at the top of the draft, Jonathan Isaac, as much as I love him, I'm a huge fan. He, he can't be a concern for you when you're making this pick. You just, you have to pick regardless of, you know, what you think he could be or, you know, what, if he's going to come back at all. And then one more question, uh, kind of on Jabari, maybe this is more of a transition uh, question into Chet that, that we'll get into next. But um, obviously there's been a lot of reports coming out really since post post-draft combine. Uh, we've talked a lot about that uh, really this past Sunday, especially uh, in regards to OKC. There's been some rumors floating around with OKC as well. So I'm curious your all's thoughts. Um, you obviously have like the the most maybe respected is a proper term there, uh, draft gurus and like Jonathan Gavoni and Mike Schmitz of ESPN saying that Jabari Smith is the guy. Um, you have others though coming out of the combine who are well respected in their own rights saying that like potentially it's Chet. What are your all's thoughts on the conflicting re- reports there? <laughs> Um, it, who do you believe? It, it sounds like the Magic fans want Jabari. What do you think happens there? I, uh, I, I don't. It, Jonathan and I both have said this many times. Nobody knows. Yeah, these these guys should probably like. You, they're wasting their time if they're going to tell us like freaking twenty eight days out from the draft that the Magic are are taking X player on the clock at the with the number one pick. I I just think that the number one it's far too soon. Um, I, I think that if if the front office is thinking like me, which I hope they're not for the sake of the organization, <laughs> but I don't know if any of these guys that I trust them in a, you know, I know that I don't trust them in a LeBron James, Zion Williamson type role. Like you're not going to bring them in and then just saddle them up with 32 minutes and just say, take our franchise to the top. I don't think that's the case. I think this is a, a as big of a toss-up in the top three picks that we've had in such a long time. It is so hard to nail down anything. Not to mention, when it comes to this front office, man, they don't release anything. They're very tight-lipped. They don't let anything out. You don't know who they're going to pick. You don't know. Uh, coming out of last, last year's draft, the only thing that you knew, and you didn't even know it was about the Magic, was that Franz Wagner was promised if he was there at eight, he's going to get picked at eight. Huh. It come to find out it was the magic, but guess what? Nobody figured out there was the magic magic fans had no clue. We were like, Oh, I wonder who it is. And it was <laughs> us. Right. And we're very happy that this front office kept it tight lipped. So nobody could trade up for any type of reason. Um, and the magic ended up getting their guy and has, you know, our eighth pick has ended up being better than our fifth pick as of, as it stands. Right. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that right now, conflicting reports that don't make much of a difference to us right now. We don't, we're not putting any stock into it more irritated than anything when we see things like that because it's like no you don't know and i know you don't know so um you know we'll let national media catch up to the fact that like the magic don't release anything they'll learn a lot about them well i'm sure it's coming but uh us thunder fans have already been hit with the thunder or trading back to pick four with sacramento kings to draft Jaden ivy so oh good uh, <laughs> good yeah godspeed <laughs> no i think that's that's pretty spot on a lot of similarities there to the thunder front office uh, some yeah. of the things that y'all mentioned for sure. So let's transition to the next guy. Do you guys want to talk Chet or Paulo next? Well, let's talk about Chet because I know um, <laughs> that he has been rumored to the Thunder. So you know, it, it really is um, you know, pretty relevant with you all. And, and you know, like you said, uh, you know, 
Sam Presti, Jeff Weltman, the the tight-lippedness of the front office, that's something that is, is definitely shared. So whenever I see that, that you know Jabari Smith is ecstatic to go one to the Magic and, and Chet Holmgren is in love with going to Oklahoma City, like you guys don't really know. I, I understand everybody has a job to do and you're trying to keep engagement and, and clicks and everything like that going this time of the year, but like listen to the, the guys that follow the teams closely, like you guys, like you know, us with the Magic. Uh, but with Chet, you know, it, it's really – everybody's going to talk about the frame. You know, I, I don't want to I kind of go through that because I feel like that's the only conversation that people like to bring up with Chet. For us, it, it's really just, is he going to reach the ceiling? Now, the frame might come into play in terms of that. Does he need to put some weight on? Almost certainly, but just he's such a unique prospect in terms of like the shot blocking and the rim protection and everything like that. And if the guard skills manifest themselves the way they look like they could, then I have a hard time saying that that guy is not the surefire number one pick in the draft. I think if Chet was 20, 25 pounds heavier than he is right now, he's the number one pick in this draft by a mile. Like we would have known the 17th when we won the number one pick that Chet was going to be in Orlando magic if he was 20 to 25 pounds heavier, but just such a unique prospect, the the skill set that he brings, it's really tough for me to look at that and pass on that. So we've kind of joked around, like maybe we should just you know do a straight one for two with OKC, so they can take whoever they want, and then we can just <laughs> be like, oh well, you know the guy that we wanted was gone, so we just kind of took whoever, or do the same yeah. thing with Houston. But you know, uh, Jeff Weltman talked about this right after the lottery when you know being asked about the number one pick, and he said pressure is a privilege. There's a lot of pressure to get the number one pick right, but you have your pick of the litter. You can pick really whoever you want. Um, in terms of fit, you know, we we saw a lot of Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter Jr. lineups this season with, you know, Wendell, at least in terms of the lineup was at the four, Mo Bamba was at the five. I would argue that functionally Wendell Carter was the five would match up against Embiid and, and, and Jokic and some of these other guys. And then on offense, Mo Bamba really just hangs out by the perimeter and Wendell is the guy in the pick and rolls and, you know, pick and pop and banging down low. So functionally, he really is the five. I don't care what the starting lineup says. And I think a lot of us think that Chet would kind of fit in to the, a similar role, but obviously a much better player than Mo Bamba from day one. I'm not trying to accuse Chet Holmgren of being Mo Bamba, um, but we do see some similarities in in the role that they would have. You know, Mo Bamba was very much I'm um, just kind of a roamer defensively. You know, help side blocks things like that. We all know Chet is going to bring that from day one. Mo Bamba worked himself into a pretty solid three point shooter. Chet Holmgren projects to be that. Uh, but it's the the motor of Chet and some of the guard skills that he has that obviously separates him between. I, I, I it's almost an insult to Chet to put him in the same conversation with Mo Bamba. But um, in terms of you know fit, um, I do think Jabari is the better fit. But I I do think you can slot Chet in you know from day one. I have a few follow ups here. Um, <laughs> two important ones, and then one about Chet. First off. Jonathan, just now you said he will be in Orlando Magic, like. Do you call the players that play for the Magic a Magic? Like, is that the the correct terminology? We can't say anything else. Like, they're not like they're not a. We're not the Magics. Like some people say, the Orlando Magics. It's <laughs> no. it's just it's Gross. singular. It's not a wizard. I think we they're, should they're call them magicians. Yeah, they're right. the Orlando magicians. magicians. Yeah, like they're that. a sorcerer. They're a wizard. I, I mean, that's like us problem. calling Thunder players like lightning bolts or something. <laughs> right. Just, I love I, it. Not a lot of options. I have a real problem with the fact that the, the league already had the Orlando Magic and then added an expansion team and allowed them to be called or or allowed the Bullets to change their name to, to the, the Wizards. wizards. Yep. When you already have the Magic because 
The yeah. Magic had a whole thing with Wizards and stuff like that pregame, you know, in the 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 early days of the <laughs> franchise. As soon as the Wizards, you know, be, the Bullets become the Wizards, all you can't use it anymore. It just goes out the window. So thanks a lot, David Stern, for that. But uh, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> also, yeah. we need to, if you guys, you probably haven't seen it, because why would you? We need to send you guys a link to the original like opening for the Orlando Magic when they had the wizard. They had a whole narration and he was like out on the court. Hilarious oh, and very cringy. Was, was it like it's the nineties definitely? Was it like Disney level like mm. wizard or was it like Gandalf wizard? I'm was, now very like intrigued. a happy like a happy mix of that. Like yeah. Okay. okay. Send yeah. us the video yeah. so like we Merlin, can tweet it, like Merlin wizard kind of <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Okay, my second important question before I get back to Chet. We talked about Mo Bamba there for a second. I just have to know. Whenever Mo hits a shot, do they play Mo Bamba by Sheck West in the arena? <laughs> Every single time. No, thankfully <laughs> not. Thankfully okay. no. Now everybody tweets it out. Yes, yeah. but not in the arena. Not in the arena. That's okay. been Jacob's dream for like the past two years now. Yeah, like, I wanted you know, the, the Thunder, Thunder to get trade Mo. for Mo just so we could play Sheck West in the arena. Uh, <laughs> it's and it's talk probably, that. probably the only time Sheck West will get played in an NBA arena. Anyway, one hundred percent. Okay, the check question. I feel like league wide, there is this. Um, we'll call it an assumption uh, for Orlando that they only target the super long rangy massive wingspan might not be able to do anything else, but they got the physical profile type of guys. Fair. Chet feels like he fits that to a T Mm -hmm. Jabari kind of does as well. Yeah. From your perspective, is that the quote unquote magic type? And how much do you think that will play into pick number one, as far as maybe it being Chet uh, with that ranginess, with that massive wingspan, et cetera, et cetera. I think if you look at it, like, yes, we we meme on the magic and like Jonathan and myself included because of like the magic seemed to like the, you know, the long wingspans, whatever. Um, but if you look at the magic history, like it, it's J.I. and Mo Bamba. And then then you've got Cole Anthony, Chuma, Franz Wagner, Jalen. So like you've got a range. I think it's just because the magic have targeted two times that guy with a huge wingspan that it seems like that's their personality type at that point is like their wingspan. And uh, so I would say, I, I don't, I don't think so. I, are they, are they drawn to him for his skill? Absolutely. Because when you look at Chapman, I mean, he, he does it all. Um, the only thing he won't be able to do is, is guard like, Jokic or Embiid which doesn't matter to us to be quite frank like Who especially can. right yeah. exactly mm-hmm. and and we've uh, Wendell Carter Jr like is does just fine um and, and so as far as, as that good goes, as you can as good as you can. That's why I said just fine. I didn't say it did great. Um <laughs> but but we've already got you know someone who could stick on him. So Chet just does everything well. And so if you want to you know look at his wingspan, maybe the front office takes it into consideration. Um, but I don't know that that's going to lead me to say Chet's the guy. Like you said, Jabari also kind of fits that mold too. So, And I do think it's going to be either Chet or Jabari, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, I had a, a, a more broad question about uh, some of your young players uh, really quick before we move on to Paolo. So I, as a Thunder fan, uh, with the second pick, I lay I lay awake at night just thinking, grasping at straws like, okay, Chet's dad tweeted about OU three years ago. Maybe that means he's a Thunder. <laughs> maybe that means he's an OU fan. Chet's coming to OKC. Obviously, uh, Jalen Suggs and Chet played in high school. Read a lot about that. Do you guys put any stock into into that as 
Well, but Jonathan, I'm going to so let you. Glad you just asked this question. I, I'm going to so let you. Glad. I'm going to let you take it, Jonathan. I had to ask. I want to add. You you talk about you know Chet's dad, yada yada. Hey, all I'm saying is, leading up to lottery night, Chet was liking a lot of magic tweets. So there, there's all the, right. There's the if you you know we want to play a game. That's kind of the the weird thing that we were kind of looking at prior to lottery night. And then sure. did you guys see on lottery night again? Obviously, we we, we neither of our podcast uh, members probably saw it live, but. Like apparently, I saw this on like a highlight on Twitter or whatever, a little clip on a reel on Twitter. I guess like a uh, Chet kind of like leaned over to Jabari after the Magic got the number one pick mm-hmm. and said something. Everybody's speculating like, what's he saying? Like, is, yeah. he, is he saying congratulations? Is he saying, man, I wonder which one of us is going to be? Thought that was interesting. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, I I did not see that at all. Actually, um, I I wish I could go back and just kind of like live yes. in the moment and just watch all of that happen live. But no, like when when you guys came up at two, it, that was like that's the last thing I remember for probably about like twenty minutes. <laughs> yep, yep. But um, no, like a lot of Magic fans are posting out like the mini haha, you know, clips of of Jalen and Chet, and to me that means absolutely nothing. Like that should be so far from Jeff and John's mind when they're evaluating who to take at number one. If they ever like, well, you know, they did play together in, in high school, <laughs> fire them on the spot. Like that should be so far from their mind. And Magic fans, not all Magic fans, it's a small minority, have talked themselves into that is a key point to why we should draft Chet Holmgren. And to me, that's insanity. But I thank mean, you, you got to keep Jalen Suggs happy, right? <laughs> yeah, hey, listen, it's not like- overall, he, he, I, I hope he's happy enough. Yeah, yeah, and I, it's not like he had, you know, Franz productivity. All right, let's all relax. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Everybody, take a deep breath. Gary's still, still a believer in Jalen Sucks here. Okay, me let's, too. Let's for what not, it's worth, let's not hate on Jalen Sucks. I uh, was kind of hoping Thunder might end up with Sucks as well. You guys did all right. You guys did all. But right. But we did all right. That's exactly right. Yeah, we're we're, uh, we're yeah, both teams are in good shape. Hey, yeah. a lot of similarities so far, and that's one of the reasons we want to have you all on. Uh, the Magic having pick one, the Thunder having pick two. We talked about front office similarities. Um, obviously even team needs to an extent. But another similarity, I think that both, both of our teams that we cover share is like you said, picks number one, pick number two, you hear Chet and Jabari to either team, not a lot of Apollo talk. And we actually, uh, we had a, a, a scout on uh, that. We've gotten to know who used to work for the thunder this past Sunday on our podcast. And he's like, look, I don't know why Apollo's not being talked about more for these teams. I take him at two and we don't really look back. Like I understand some of the concerns, um, maybe personality fit, but I think Paulo uh, could be the guy. So my question for you all, as we kind of transition into Paulo to kind of round off this, the the big three players, if you want to call him that, why do you think Paulo isn't being considered for the Magic more? And do you all maybe um, like his fit with the Magic, or, you, or do you just like the other two fits or the other two players fits much better? I think with Paulo, it's almost like a sense of like redundancy. Like we actually recorded another podcast right before this um, with a with another Magic uh, blogger. And he was talking about like some of the concern with Paolo is, all right, you, you've got Markel that's, you know, a, a great playmaker in his own right. We saw some flashes out of Franz Wagner. If you draft Paolo, you almost kind of feel obligated to give him the ball from day one. But then you're taking the ball out of Markel's hands. You're taking the ball out of Franz Wagner's hands. And I think there is just a little bit of redundancy there in terms of like, you know, let's just look at him and Franz Wagner. You know, both guys about 6'10". Um, Franz can do a lot more off the dribble than we thought coming into the league. Uh, is a, a great playmaker in his own right. I would give Paolo the edge there, but I think that's what it is. Where you know Jabari again feels like a, a obvious blatant need, and Chet is just like the 
upside dream home run swing. You know, if you're taking Chet, you know, you're counting on him to, you know, just become fully realized in all the talent that he has. I'm still a huge Paolo guy. If we take Paolo number one, I'm completely fine with that. To me, he's the safest guy at number one. I think he's going to be probably, I think he's the most NBA ready right now. Some of like the defensive questions that people have, the kid's got the physical tools to be a good defender at 6'10". Is he going to be Jonathan Isaac? Is he going to be Jabari Smith? Probably not defensively, but we're really, at least I'm really comfortable and confident in the culture that we've built just in terms of like not letting go of the rope defensively, staying on a string, that being a huge emphasis of Jamal Mosley and the rest of the coaching staff to coach Paolo up to being a capable defender. I don't think he's going to be this turnstile in the NBA like a lot of people think. I'm okay with Paolo at number one. Um, I just kind of lean five to 10% more towards those other two guys. And I want to add to that real quickly here. It just seems like when you're talking about, okay, I need a, I need a shooter. You're going Jabari. And if you're not going Jabari, you're going Chet. And then, oh, I need a guy that can create off the dribble. Chet can do that. Jabari can't, but Chet can do that. Um, and, and so, and, and you take into consideration everything else Chet can do. And what Jabari can do, I I just feel like Paolo's in this weird spot where like he does things well, but Jabari and Chet have him beat in those other areas, like in terms of like excelling, uh, whether it's three point shooting, whether it's blocking shots, whether it's defensively creating his own you know shot. I, I just I think Paolo finds himself in a really weird spot. I would not be shocked at the end of the day if you know he ends up being the best of these three, um, but I just can't help but think that like. I'd rather Chet or Jabari just because I, I think they've got a leg up on some pretty pivotal parts of the game. Yep. Definitely. I think, I feel like each one of them has their own strengths and their own weaknesses. Uh, and in my personal kind of view of these guys, I think Paulo's strength over the other two uh, is just his ability to create his own shot. Like Chet can do it to an extent. feels like Jabari really needs somebody to set him up. We saw him struggle a lot in college uh, after taking more than like one or two dribbles, Paulo seems to me like the guy that could come in day one uh, and really just get his own bucket. Right? Is that something? Is that skill set? Even if it's not from Paulo, is that skill set something that you guys feel like Orlando may still need? Is just that dude who's a mother effer who can go get his own bucket. You give him the ball and just say, "We need two points," and he's the one guy, the go-to guy that can get that. Do you feel like? the Orlando Magic roster still needs that guy? Or do you feel like that guy's already on the roster? Uh, or do you prefer maybe a Jabari or a Chet to develop that more than what Paulo can already do? I think I think you make a great point. You know, That's kind of what I meant by like the most ready from day one. Like You're going to be able to give the ball to him on opening night and say, hey, we need a bucket. Like Go and get a bucket. Like He's got enough of a handle. He's got the body to be able to do that. Now, this is where my admitted Orlando magic bias and unashamed bias is going to come into play. The league's forgotten about Markel Fultz and, and with yeah. good reason, you know, had a, a lot of you know struggles to you know, start his career and then was out most of the last two years with the ACL. But Markel is very much a guy that if you need a bucket, maybe not from all three levels, but if you just give him the ball and say, Hey, we need you to go and get a bucket right now. He's shown us time and time again, that he's capable of that. Franz Wagner is a guy that showed flashes of that this year. We're hoping that the guy is already on the roster in Franz Wagner. However, the reason that I'm okay with the Paolo pick is if you're Jeff Weltman and you're not completely convinced that Franz Wagner is going to be that guy, 
it still is a glaring need for the Magic to go and get the guy with, you know, you're down three with, you know, 40 seconds left. He's going to go and get you a bucket. And to me, Paolo can definitely be that guy from day one. I love it. So let's uh, let's move on to the next uh, question real quick. <clears throat> so it seems like you guys are leaning towards Jabari uh, at pick one. Do you think that aligns with what the Magic's front office is thinking at this point? Mm, I don't know. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, I, I I really I really have no idea. I mean, it would not shock me if the Magic fan base has talked themselves into one of Jabari or Chet. Come draft night, we're in Amway. It is just a ruckus. It's so loud in there. And then all of a sudden, with the first pick, the Magic take Paolo Bancaro. And the whole place is is it just I mean, they they can't like they can't fathom what just happened. Um, so I don't know. I really don't know what what this off front office is gonna do. I know Jonathan shares the same sentiment. Um I, I really don't know. I it's I have a very odd feeling that we're going to be waiting until draft night to find out what they're thinking. Yeah. Let's say, um, I don't know. I, I cash apped you guys like 10 grand. I don't have 10 grand. I teach public education. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, and I said, Hey, go make a bet for me. Put all of this on the mm. guy that you think the Orlando magic is going to take at one. Who are you putting the money on? I'm, I'm putting it on Jabari Smith jr. Really? Um, I am. I'm putting I'm it putting there. It on Chet. Well, listen, okay. and, and the big I thing want Jabari, is, but I, my my brain says Chet. Well, the, the the thing with me right now is that I I I am a, a betting man of sorts, and I place <laughs> I I do respect Vegas for for what they are. Right, like it. They don't always get it right, but they get it right a lot more than a normal person does. They win. There's a reason Vegas wins. Vegas wins a lot. And right now, Jabari is the only one that's that's in minus right now. Um, I don't even remember. I think the last time I looked, it was like minus 150 Jabari, which is not huge by any means. But it was Jabari than Chet in terms of odds. And uh, yeah, I, and I think as far as you know that, that goes with Jabari, I think he interviews well. I think that this front office takes interviewing very seriously. I know that they take in you know, character. Um, I just think that Jabari is probably the the most well spoken of the bunch. I I would not be surprised if Jabari. I with that being said, Jacob, I'm taking all your money and I'm putting it on Jabari Smith Jr. And I think we're making a profit, but I would not put my money where my mouth is if it all came down to it. And, and Jabari, like with the NBA dad, like he's been, you know, I don't want to say like groom, but he's for, like growing up with an NBA father. Like professionalism is just kind of like instilled in you. We've seen it time and time again. With me, it, I just. Chet just feels like the the ultimate Weltham prospect, and, and it, it's hard for me to kind of turn away from that. But yeah, I, I, if I had to pick, I would love it to be Jabari, but something tells me it's going to be Chet. All right. Well, this is a perfect transition that you guys are split on this because I wonder how much front offices, especially Orlando's, uh, especially Oklahoma City's, are split on this. So let's say for argument's sake, that in that Orlando front office, there is this dialogue and there's no consensus and they can't decide whenever they're putting together the Orlando magic big board on what we're going to do on draft night. Just like you guys are doing now, it's changing Jabari, Chet, Jabari, Chet. Maybe they start throwing Paulo up there a little bit and there's, there's no separation. But meanwhile, over in Oklahoma city, Sam Presti does have a separation. Let's say Sam Presti has 
Chet above the crowd, uh, very much separated from those other two. And Sam Presti really wants to make sure that he gets his guy. So he calls the Orlando front office, tries to make a swap, two for one. A, do you guys see any scenario where Orlando would trade down from that number one pick to number two and just took whichever the two fell? And B, what type, for for you guys personally, what type of trade package would that have to look like for you to not be disappointed, for you to say, yeah, this, this seems like the right move? So the first thing that I want to say is um, the Magic have been burned by the Thunder on uh, on draft night trades before, you that know, is a la true. Oladipo and Sabonis. Now that was Rob Hennigan. It wasn't Jeff Weltman. But anytime we're talking draft night trades with the Thunder, you know, it, it kind of becomes like a game of like GM chicken. Like, oh, well, you're, you know, you're not, you're not going to draft the guy that we want anyway. So, you know, yeah, you can have, you know, number one, we'll take two and 12. And then all of a sudden the guy that you really wanted goes at number one and, uh, I would not put that, you know, past Sam Presti. Like he's going to do whatever it takes to to get their guy. Um, but no, I think I think two and twelve. If the Magic are like you said, not a hundred percent sure on who they want at number one, um, or if you're just you know for whatever reason you just know that Sam Presti isn't going to take the guy that you want, then yeah, it makes all the sense in the world to you know make that trade to to take two and twelve. The only concern that I have at this point. Is just the amount of youth that the Magic have on the roster. You know, we we just went through um, really two consecutive seasons of of multiple rookies. You know, um, in 2020 it was Cole Anthony, it was Chumo Kiki. Then you trade for RJ Hampton. Last year it was Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner. I do think at some point there's such a thing as too much youth or or not enough veteran presence uh, on a team. And you know, you have to move somebody, in my opinion, if you're if you're going to take two and twelve. Um, you know, in terms of what that looks like and what prospects are there at two and then at 12. But I, I definitely, I, I don't know what's going to happen because John and Jeff very well could fall in love with a guy and say, no, we're going to take him in number one. But if they're not sold on a guy and they like the rest of us think that really all three of these guys are pretty close, you have to, you have to take a look at, at a deal like that. Silva, do you have any follow-ups to that? I don't think so. I've just, I've, I've kind of, with the rumors of the Thunder, like, like you mentioned, you joked earlier, like, oh, the Thunder might trade down to four to take Jaden Ivey. <laughs> I've just kind of had the mindset, like we, and we talked about at the beginning of this show how exciting it was to finally get the pick you want. I just don't see a reason why you would trade back from that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, you spend all season tanking, watching mm-hmm. painful game after painful game. To get to that moment. So yeah. I think I think it's worth it to have the power yeah. to choose who you want. So Jonathan, you mentioned like maybe it happens if, if Orlando doesn't have a guy they absolutely love at number one. Maybe it's two and twelve. What if twelve's not on the table? What if it's like two and a future draft pick? Uh, you just mentioned, you know, you, do you really want to take another like two rookies and and be too much youth again? What if, what if it's two and then a future asset which we all know the thunder have so many future assets they don't know what to do with it so i'll throw out one like the thunder own houston's 2024 first round pick top four protected like is is that a trade that gets magic fans interested at all slide back one spot to get houston who not a very good team i don't think is going to be a very good team in 2024 
you get a you get a top four protected pick from them. Is that something that moves the needle, or is that pretty much hands off? That kind of scares me because, like you said, Houston probably won't be very good. So the 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 chance that that doesn't convey, you know, is it, it's not incredibly likely. I think. Well, I think if you're a Houston fan, you're hoping that you're out of that part of the lottery by then. But you know, one of the issues that we have is like, all right, next year we already have we still have two, you know, first round picks. You know, we have our pick and we have the Bulls 2023 pick. Um, I, I don't know what a package looks like if it doesn't include 12. I don't know if it's, you know, because you guys, I think it's something crazy like, you know, 15, you know, first round picks over the next you know three years or something like that. You know, maybe we try to pry multiple picks, you know, away from the Thunder and, and start looking at putting together a package to trade for like an established guy. That's something that Jeff Weltman has talked about a lot is, at some point, you know, you collect all these assets and you can cash them in at some point. I think multiple teams around the league are looking for the next, you know, kind of bristled superstar to become available. In a, yep. Yeah, it, it, yep. exactly. So um, I really don't know uh, in terms of just me specifically, that doesn't get me up in the morning, you know, trading for a, another future asset. I think for the Magic, they're hoping to become a little bit more competitive this year, um, you know, if I'm moving off of one, it, it would be for, for two and 12. I don't know about you, Luke. I think if you're picking up this phone, it's because like, you don't, you don't know who you're going to, like, you don't have a preference. Like if you pick up the phone, it's solely because, you know, I'm not in love with one certain guy. I'll take two of them. I mean, in that case, right? Like you only need a top two on your big board to, to trade with OKC for two. So if you're going to call me and say, I'll give you two and then that Rockets pick in 2024, I'll say, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll absolutely take that pick. The Thunder, like you said, have so many that they don't know what to do with. If they're, they're not, are you guys really going to miss that pick? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm probably not. And in the magic, it's something they could leverage in the future for the cash in for a player. I mean, a, a first round pick, regardless, that's not, wasn't yours originally looks good regardless to a team that is dealing a star that wants out of there anyway. So I think in that respect, um, I don't think the magic are going to land a big time free agent for a very long time. I think that you've got some, you know, uh, you've got some things that you need to take care of yourself before somebody's like, I want to go play in Orlando. So I'm absolutely taking that, uh, that trade. I, I think at that point, um, and that's if I'm them and I don't know, you know, I don't have a preference on who I take at one. Interesting. Love it. Gentlemen, Luke, John, before we get you guys out of here, uh, please plug all of your stuff. Tell us where we can find the pod, uh, where we can follow you guys on Twitter. So all of our Thunder followers can tune into the magic perspective as they're concocting who OKC will take at number two. Well, first of all, just really appreciate you guys having us on. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Six Man Show. You can find us um, on YouTube, youtube.com slash Six Man Show uh, podcast. You can find it Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, it comes out you know, Mondays and what are we doing now? Mondays and Thursdays, Thursdays. Luke. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah Mondays yeah. and Thursdays. And yeah, we're, we're excited uh, leading up to the draft and uh, excited to see you know what happens if there's any movement at the top of the draft and excited to see you guys end up uh, with as well and, and best of luck hey thank you absolutely and of course if i doubt anything will happen between one and two but in the case that it does it would be the eighth know. time in history that the number one pick gets traded so oh, wow, wow. Oh, that's, some good that's a good, well, good we'll fact see. right there 
it's a lot of a lot of years <laughs> that it didn't happen. So yeah. well, hey, one other if, thing. If it does happen, another crossover pod, I think, is, yeah, that, uh, is yeah. very absolutely. much in the cards. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of that, if you all will be in uh Vegas for summer league, be sure to hit us up. Love to meet up. We would love to. Uh, for me, just had a had a little baby a few weeks ago. I don't know that hey, it's in the cards for uh, this year. Congratulations! Was, uh, really, thank you, thank you. I was really We're hoping to my make wife it out there two months year. in. So that's awesome, man. Let Congrats. me know if you need. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is our third. This is our third. So, oh, okay. Wow. We, we we've done this a couple times now. Yeah. No worries. But no, really, really, really wanted to make it out the summer league. I'm still kind of holding on to hope that I might be able to. Uh, but if we are, we'd absolutely hit you guys up for sure. Awesome. Yeah, hit us up for sure. I just got my third dog, so I'm in the same boat, right? <laughs> nice. Yeah. No, hey, no, they are not easy either. Not <laughs> at all. True. Awesome. Jonathan, Luke, guys, thanks so much for joining. We really appreciate it. Thunder fans, check out all of Jonathan and Luke's work, uh, their tweets, their podcasts. They do great stuff. Uh, and, and keep up to date with what Orlando is thinking as you kind of work your way through what pick number two will look like. Taylor and Silva and I will be back right after we tell you guys about who's paying the bills this week. What's up, Thunder fans? This is Jacob from the Uncontested Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best Thunder swag available. Just visit cottonbureau.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C-O-T-T-O-N B-U-R-E-A-U dot com and search the uncontested podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man step back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shea Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design and the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to cottonbureau.com and search the uncontested podcast to get your new Thunder gear today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so this is kind of funny. I uh, So I followed the Six Man podcast ever since they joined BlueWire here at I think it was the beginning of uh, before the season, but I hadn't followed their individual accounts. And I just went to Jonathan's uh, 
Twitter and saw his Twitter avi. He has like basically the same exact avi as I do of myself. It's both of our live reactions at the draft <laughs> lottery. Incredible. It's I awesome. It. Really cool. Well, That's hey, awesome. speaking of reactions and draft stuff, gentlemen, before we close out the pod today, it's that season. Draft rumors, who's working out. This guy wants to go here and that guy wants to go <laughs> there. And this team's snaking their way over here. It's all coming out. So we got to have a draft rumor roundup. Listen to that. So that's, a, that's a hot Right beat. on cue. Right on cue. <laughs> All right, Silva, Taylor, first one. Jonathan Gavoni, Mike Schmitz, reported, I think this dropped on Monday, that it's widely believed that the Orlando Magic will take Jabari and that, quote, Holmgren is thrilled with his looming marriage to the Oklahoma City Thunder, which is the overwhelming expectation from NBA executives at the combine thoughts i don't know man i my my mind changes by the hour on this could that just be a bunch of malarkey yes is that also how i think it's gonna shake out in the end yes so i don't know i don't know i uh i think i overall go back to what our friends at the six-man show just said earlier in the podcast where they mentioned like look even if it is extremely likely likely that this is the case, you know, they obviously think that Jabari Smith Jr. is probably the guy. We obviously think that Chet's probably the guy for OKC. Jacob, uh, uh, <laughs> both of you guys are Jacobs. Uh, Niffin and I, uh, we've been talking since, you know, midseason that there's no way and you know what, that uh, Chet is not number one on Preston's big board. But with all that being said, it is way too early just to peg it and say that it's a fact, right? Um, now, I will say, I think Gavoni and Smiths are two of the most plugged in draft guys in regards to uh, connections within the league, uh, feelings on front offices, and so to, and, and mainly prospects. So I think the biggest thing for me from this report is not so much that OKC is set on Chet at number two, as much as it is that Chet would be very excited to go to OKC at two. I think that's great. And um, per our podcast that we had with Derek Murray on Sunday, obviously that's something that the Thunder look at. Uh, being the small market team, the whole Kevin Durant situation, uh, I know we don't want to talk about it, but it's true. Like they do take the, does this player like the small market versus the big market into consideration per Derek, which is a, a really great point. And uh, to hear that Chet would be excited to come to OKC, I think is uh, that's the biggest thing I took away from it. I wonder where that piece of intel came from. Like, did somebody talk to Chet? Like, how would you feel about being here or there? I'm sure you just said, I, I would love. I would love to my, be in Oklahoma City. I would love to be in Orlando. Right. I just, I know Mike, especially, all these guys when they're really young. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, middle school, high school, he starts to actually, actually like develop uh, relationships with these guys. Obviously, we know the, the film breakdowns. So um, I would assume that's coming from Mike. Uh, or sorry, coming directly from Chet in a conversation he had with Mike. Not so much, hey, what do you think about OKC? But like, you know, if, if you went to one of these top teams, what would you think? And, you know, anyways. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know to buy it or not. Um, my general rule of thumb is don't buy anything pre-draft. Right. Yeah. James Booknight's still going number six, right? Right. I think it's fair. Like, just generally thinking about the three teams that could draft Chet, I think it's pretty clear that the Thunder have the best track record of developing players, and Chet might need the most development right out of the gate. So maybe he would be happy to come here and get, get in the program. Definitely. Uh, next one. There's multiple reports from many different people that the Oklahoma City Thunder is, quote, a team to watch to move up from number 12. 
is there legitimate legitimacy to this or are people just connecting dots with the thunder their aggressive style on draft night having multiple first round picks etc cetera, etc cetera. i think this one's a case of all the above like it doesn't take a rocket scientist to uh put two and two together that the thunder and presti would obviously be open to trading up from 12 uh, if one of their prospects, you know, again, I loved how Derek uh, on Sunday's podcast, I don't mean to keep referring to it, but another good point he brought up was um, opportunity costs, right? Um, When players are falling down the board, if there's unexpected rises right up the board from other teams at a certain point, maybe the the opportunity to trade up for a player that they have high on their board, say a player like a Ben Matherin drops or say that the Thunder are very high on Griffin, uh, AJ Griffin, think he's a five through seven range kind of player, Dyson Daniels. Um, but one of those three players dropped down to that 10, that 10th pick. Um, maybe it, it is a seventh pick and you attach something else to that 12th pick to try and get up to the Portland pick at seven or maybe uh, even, uh, gosh, I'm going blank on who's picking at six, Indiana. All that's to say, uh, I think it's a combination of both. Like, <laughs> it's very easy to put two and two together, but I think there's absolutely some legitimacy around that. Like we'll talk about in this next rumor, these GMs are having all kinds of conversations right now. It would not be surprising if Pressy's put out tons of, I mean, I know he has put out a ton of feelers uh, with other teams saying, hey, we'd be interested in trading up if the opportunity presents itself on draft night. I think it's, we, we've talked about consolidation trades through last draft into this draft. I think that in, in this draft, it's it's more likely that they would bundle some things and move up from 12 rather than kind of do what they did last year and bundle 30 and 34 just to move up to, move up to I don't know, 25, 26. That's my hope, and that's what I think could happen. Um, I don't know what that would take exactly to move up to seven. I know we had a, we had a spaces recently where we talked kind of about some ideas. Um, I don't know. Do you think like 12, 30, hey. 34 does anything? Yeah. It, it potentially could, but this is where, like, I I was listening to, I think it was Sam Bassini's podcast, uh, uh, The Game Theory, um, and I, I the boxing one guy, I, I'm going blank on his name. Go and check out Adam the boxing Sorrell? on YouTube. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, Adam brought up a really good point. He was talking specifically about a player. Um, I think it was Trip on Smith out of a North Carolina State who obviously had a really big week at the com- the Combine. But he was talking about how he was a victim of the COVID, um, the COVID years where, you know, essentially he wasn't I scouted. I just say he was a victim of the COVID. <laughs> <laughs> he had the Rona. Uh, <laughs> he's still recovering from it. Uh, <laughs> just the flu. <laughs> I know. I was going to say there, I, I could have kept going, but I'm not going to. Um, and, in terms of scouting, now. right? And obviously, Shaden Sharp was another one of those guys who, um, you know, the reason we don't have a lot of tape on him is one of those reasons because, like, his senior year, or maybe it was his junior year, was the COVID year. All of that to say, I think that can be applied to this entire draft class. Um, and so I think there are players. That's why players are, are all over teams boards and there's no consensus necessarily um, because of that Silva. Like I think you could see uh, the way, depending on how the draft plays out. Like I, I think you absolutely could see the thunder packaging, those picks moving up and teams may be valuing 30 and 34 more than they would in a typical draft because of that. They're like, man, there's a lot of guys we like in that range that we think are slept yeah. on like Trey Smith. There's, there's some interesting thoughts for me from, from that trade up perspective. Silva, I think you hit the nail on the head last year. We were talking about trade-ups, and instead they traded back and picked up more assets. Mm -hmm. They have so many future picks that at some point you have to do a consolidation. Like It is literally like you cannot bring in that many rookies. You do not have the roster space. Last year they didn't do it. I think this year is an opportunity where they can do it. 
I think they'd love to do it next year, depending on what happens. I just don't know how high you can climb next year based off current intel of how good the 2023 class is. I wouldn't be surprised to see them actively try to trade up. Now, I don't know if 30 and 34 gets you much, though, because I think the teams that you're targeting above 12 are teams that are more geared towards wanting to win next year. And those teams probably want a current NBA player who can impact their team and win now versus late first, early second round picks. It's it's this interesting conundrum. But I think last year, the Thunder were very aggressive trying to trade up uh, from six. I think this year, they will be very aggressive trying to trade up from 12. They might be very aggressive trying to trade up from two, right? Yeah. But I think it's a lot. It's obviously not, I think. It's just, it's a no crap moment that it's a lot easier to trade up from 12. Uh, I don't know. I, I think some of it's connecting dots. I think some of it is, there, there's probably some truth to it. I, I wonder, and I wonder, I want to know what you guys think about this. You try to trade up for a specific guy. It's not just, I'm going to trade up just for the hell of it, just to get a be- better pick. There's When you trade up, there's a guy that you want, and you try to get up to the point right before the team that's going to take him takes him, right? Let's, we Taylor, you and I have been talking a lot about this. Let's say the trade-up guy is Dyson Daniels, okay? And you have intel that he might go at eight to the pelicans eight to the pelicans seven to yeah, the or, or maybe you also have some intel that that the spurs are thinking about him at seven yeah right i wonder does from now until draft night is presti trying to get some trades on the table for six and seven and eight and nine and ten so whenever a certain pick comes up and he gets the phone call Hey, so and so is going to take Dyson on the next pick on, on pick pull the trigger on pick eight. On the you one. call yep. whoever has pick seven, and you say, "Hey, is that deal still on the table? We're ready to pull the trigger right now." Right? Daniels doesn't I, I, go at that that pick that you just mentioned. He goes the next pick, so then he pulls the other trigger. With, yeah. So I, I'm interested. Yeah. Like, I, I wonder I if that's kind of how they do it. They, they they stack all of these. This is the trade to get to this pick. This is the trade to get to this pick. This is the trade to get to this pick. And you basically have all that ammo ready and you're, you are ready to hit the button at the exact moment you need to, to get the one spot above them. I, I, I kind of think that's what they did on. to, to trade up for Poku. I could not agree more. And I, I wouldn't even say that it's every GM that does that, Jacob. I think it's the best GMs that do that. And even if you aren't able to get into contact, like for example, let's say Maury is playing hard. I mean, very different situation because he's with the, you know, the Sixers now. They aren't drafting very high. But let's just say that that Maury's randomly the GM for the New Orleans Pelicans at pick number eight. Um, and Maury's playing hardball and doesn't want to talk to you about a potential trade you still have a trade lined up that you think will at least be a conversation starter if you make that call when they're on the clock or right before then. Um, so yes, I think they have probably yep. a battle strategy. Well, I don't think you're trade. calling on the clock and saying, hey, would you take this? I think there's probably oh, yeah, there's talks, at least a framework. There's Absolutely. a framework for each team for that pick. Yeah. That way, when they're on the clock and they're pressed for time, you call and say, hey, yeah. that framework, are we doing that? And they say, toss in this asset and we'll make it happen. And then you got to make that split decision God, what I would Leap give frog. to see that whiteboard on draft night. Oh uh, my God. Just to this be in that this room. is the trade for five. This is yeah. the trade we've we've talked for weeks about for six. This is the one for seven. To see that whiteboard, I could die happy. Some of those oh, yeah. things on the whiteboard might break some hearts. You might see a Dord in there. You might see a 
Shay Gillis Alexander in there. God. (laughs) Is there on that whiteboard? Let's say they have that whiteboard and it's trades all the way from one down to 30. Do any of the the whiteboard um, framework trades have the word giddy on them? No. <sighs> no. No. I don't, I don't I think, really in, this don't I don't think so. in this draft. Yeah, I, was I don't say, think in this draft. If giddy were two draft class ago and they were trying to trade up uh, in last year's draft and already had them on the team, probably in that one. Yeah two, three range, but I don't think it's interesting. Well, speaking of point guards, our last rumor roundup of the day, Thunder interested in Jaden Ivey. This was a big topic of conversation on Sunday's podcast. Monday we did, we hosted a Twitter spaces that was popping. If you have not um, followed the uncontested on Twitter, I highly suggest you do so. We'll have another Twitter space on Friday. They've been hot. And on Monday, we talked a lot about do the Thunder really like Jaden Ivey? Are they willing to trade back for him? Could they just mm-hmm. take him at two? We haven't really talked about it amongst us on the podcast, though. And so I want to get our thoughts out in the open here. Is this more smoke? Is there some legitimacy to this? Do you think the Thunder would actually trade back to take Jaden Ivy? How does he fit on this team? There's so many questions about this specific player and the role he plays. Silva, lead us off. What, what are your, your Jaden Ivy thoughts? I think there is legitimacy to it in in the sense that the front office probably does like Jaden Ivey as a prospect. Like we said, Sam Presti has his own board, has has his own list of guys that he likes. For all we know, it could be Chet, Ivey, Paolo, and so on and so forth. That, I think, is probably true. Ivey, after listening to Derek talk, after listening to some other podcasts, I do think Ivey would be awesome on this team. Do I think the Thunder would trade back after just after winning the lottery? No, I don't. I think they, I think that since they have Chet in this theoretical whiteboard higher than Ivy, they just take Chet. Like I don't, I don't think there's a reason for them to fall back in general. I agree with that completely, but I also want to make a a pretty big point because, like again, that podcast we did Sunday, it, it popped. There was a lot of Thunder fans talking about it because of some very legitimate intel that uh, Derek was willing and, and generous enough to provide on the podcast. Um, and they, I think a lot of fans, or, or a lot of listeners, I, I mean Thunder fans, kind of took it and ran with it because it, it kind of coincided with the um, the Henry Abbott news that the Thunder could potentially trade back to pick number four. They take Jaden Ivey in that, that instance, et cetera, et cetera. But I want to make it very clear that there's a difference in what Derek did on our podcast and how he presented that information. And, and the same with uh, Henry Abbott uh, compared to some, and I, I don't mean to call this guy out, like, I mean, but like the, the, the San Antonio or gosh, the Sacramento. Uh, Sacramento Kings podcast, the guy going on there and saying, I'm hearing it's a done deal. Uh, they're just waiting for draft night. And the, can, can I, can I get happen. on a soapbox for just a second, Taylor? Yeah. Do you mind? I don't mean to cut you off, but. If that guy heard that two for four was a done deal, A, you would hear it from every national media source, and B, Silva just made me big on the screen. I feel like I'm, I'm we talked to Brenda. We were gonna we were gonna clip that from the podcast. Okay, start over. We're clipping this. But B, to- so so A, everyone else would be running with it. B, you don't bury that at. 40 minutes into your damn podcast. You lead the show with that. If you are trading up to two, you don't bury that and just say, oh, yeah, by the way, they've already traded. That's 
miss me with that shit, man. Well, what you do is is you tweet it 10 minutes before the podcast starts, then you lead with it in your podcast. You're exactly right. My point is there's a it, it, spot on. Um, building off of that, there's a difference between what that person did or what those people are doing and what Derek Murray um, did on our podcast where he said, look, like – I just found it interesting that Henry Abbott tweeted that out because that we have been hearing the the same thing uh, that that the Thunder did have interest in uh, in Ivy, and so you just need to be sure you know who who the sources are giving that information. And and like Kristen Peak of uh, CBS tweeted out or tweeted out that she, or wrote in her article that that she heard the same information about the Ivy uh, connection with the Thunder, like. Is there a reason that so many different people, so many different sources have heard this? That leads me to believe that like, okay, maybe this is getting leaked out on purpose. And so, um, yeah, I know. I just, I find it all very, very interesting. I think the Thunder like Jaden Ivey. I think the Thunder also like AJ Griffin and Dyson yeah. Daniels, right? Like, I don't know. The Thunder really like James Booknight. And, and I, I want to bring up this point as well. I think a lot of the book night stuff in the 2021 draft and, oh, the Thunder are going to take him, the Thunder love him. That comes from in 2020, the year before that draft, the Thunder Thunder, tried to get James book night to stay in the draft when he was going to be a later round pick. He decided not to stay in. He went back to school, but the Thunder liked him then later in the draft. Right. Right. They liked him in 2020 when he was projected to be like a late teens, early twenties pick. Then he went back to school, came back, and he went, what, like 12 or 13 last year? I think that's where people started to draw the, oh, the Thunder really liked this kid. They're going to take him at six. I wonder if this is a similar thing, where the Thunder liked Jaden Ivey last year, maybe at pick 16. The Thunder owned pick 16 last year, right? They ended up trading off of it uh, to get future assets. But I think the Thunder maybe liked Jaden Ivey last year. Yeah, try to get get him to to stay in the draft so they could take him at 16 or take him with that, like pick 32 or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. And then he stayed in school. It could be as much as that. A similar situation. And the other thing, the only other thing I was going to add too is like, I keep mentioning the Derek podcast on Sunday because I unfortunately wasn't able to be on it. I was traveling back from Tulsa. The only other thing I would say in this situation is like, yes, that Derek did add on that he's talked to uh, people within the Thunder's front office who say that they're high on Ivy. But you know what? If they, he asked them about Chet or Apollo or Jabari Smith Jr., they're going to say they're high on those prospects too, mm-hmm. right? Why would you give out that information? Yeah, you know it is it is one hundred percent disinformation season. You, if the Thunder want to trade up with Orlando, you don't start leaking. Oh, we love Jabari and we love Chet, and we need to go up to number one. You start leaking that you're not interested, exactly. right? Because when you're yeah. desperate, that that price goes up. If I, if everybody in the world knows that, damn it, I want a chocolate chip cookie and I would do anything for a chocolate chip cookie, they're, they're all going to charge hard. me more for a chocolate chip cookie, right? Yep. Chocolate chip cookie does sound pretty good right now. It does. <laughs> so We've uh, gone for an hour first. and five minutes here. We should probably get out of here. I think the Jaden Ivey fit with the Thunder is a fascinating one, though. Um, Jaden Sharp at number two. Hey, I said it on Twitter Spaces on Monday. I'm going to say it again here. The Thunder like Jaden Ivey. They don't like him as a trade-back candidate. They like him as a trade-up candidate. <laughs> oh, my God. There you go, Jaden Would Ivey. you trade 12, 30, 
one of the Clippers picks and Dort to go to four. Hell yeah. Yeah. One and four. Absolutely. Two and four. Oh, yeah. Or sorry, two and four. Yeah, you're in our trade. Yes. Yeah. And then you write a long apology note to Lou Dort for sending him to Sacramento. God, that would be <laughs> hell. All right, Silva, let's pump that outro music. Thank you guys so much for joining the show tonight. If you're on the live stream, we really appreciate you. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Yeah, just youtube.com slash the underscore uncontested. I think that's what we got. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We'll have a Twitter spaces again Friday night. So make sure you hang out with us Friday night. Follow the, the Twitter account. The Twitter spaces have been hopping. We've had a ton of people jump in, offer their thoughts. It's really cool. So make sure to join us on that Friday. And then Sunday night, 9 p.m. Central Time, as always, we'll be back with another live stream pod. Until then, you guys have a great rest of your week. We will talk to you soon. And as always, thunder up.